just stop getting in your head so much, you know, and just do it. Like, instead of, like, thinking about doing it forever, just shut up and do it. Like, even if it just means, like, sitting with a sketchbook and just stop getting in your head so much, you know, and just do it. Hey, hey, it's Ruthie Sullivan. Welcome to this week's episode of the Ruthie Podcast, where I interview everyday women to learn how they're making a living, listen to highlights of their current career, points and pivots they made along their personal and professional journeys, and the individual story behind it all. Join me and see how successes, failures, obstacles, and triumphs come together and offer courage to ask, now what, as they meet life right where it's at. So today I'm interviewing Kim Hamblin. Thank you, Kim. Hi, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. So uh, Kim runs Rochambo. Am I saying that right? Rochambo Art Yeah, Rochambo Art Farm. Rochambo. Rochambo. Art Farm. It's rock, paper, scissors. That's what it means. And where does that come from? <laughs> uh, it's Japanese, I think. Rock, paper, scissors. So, and then you have the art science farm, yep. right? Yep, yep. The art and science is um, our cider and wine company. So we use, uh, we grow some of the fruit here and then I forage for some of it and we buy a little bit of it too. Very cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Rochambeau and the art science okay. and how they come together. <laughs> the confusing story of the interwebs of, uh, of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so Rochambeau, I, I, you know, it's really hard to name things and I... I really like the idea of like an art farm and just having like art around. And there was already an art farm around, which is really annoying. But oh, they didn't even have art, but whatever. You were in Oregon, of course. They had an art farm. Uh, but, <laughs> so, but we have a rock quarry on the property. And I'm a cut paper artist. Even though I don't use scissors, I decided rock, paper, scissors was kind of cute. So um, I uh, went with that for, for the idea oh, of the farm that. idea. So yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah. And how did you get into that, your art specifically? Um, I actually started doing a little bit of art in college just to screw around. I In high school, I really... I hated my art teacher. It was like he was kind of kind of a weirdo guy and he was just kind of a douchebag. So I didn't really like jive with art because he kind of turned me off of it. But in college, I just took an elective, you know, just thinking, oh, that'd be fun. Take a yeah. sculpture class, just screw around, you know, yeah. an easy A or whatever. Right. And it was super hard, actually. <laughs> nice. It was like one of the hardest classes I had. Nice. But it was great because it totally super challenged me and I'm not a sculptor at all. But it was it was great. And then it led me into taking more art classes. <laughs> And just kind of going down the rabbit hole of drawing and um, doing drawing and then a little bit of photography. And, and then I just kind of wanted, I just fell into the mixed media sort of rabbit hole of things. It takes a lot of work to like find things, you know, yeah. that are like meaningful. And, and so I just wanted a little more control. So I started uh, cutting paper. So that kind of transitioned in, but I still use the nails. So I take the paper and I, I'm not like a normal paper cutter, like I'll... I'll cut the paper with a razor blade, but then, um, so I don't use scissors, I used a knife. Yeah, oh, um, cool. A little exacto knife, and then I'll cut it, and um, and then I'll nail it down to plywood. So that's just how I used to build things in my mixed media world. I would, like, cut it, it would, like, build it onto a plywood back. So I had plywood, it was just, like, you know, I'm not really a deep thinker. It was just kind of like, <laughs> I don't here's, know. here's what I have. I'm going to build it and do my thing, you know? <laughs> oh, I love it. And then it just kind of worked. And it, and like, you know, you just kind of keep going with something until it stops working. So I was on your Etsy site. Mm -hmm. And so are those pictures of art that you've done? Yeah. Yeah. So those are um, the prints. So I do, um, I'd get some prints made of some of them. Um, 
So I have so a cool. I have a collection of them. It's called. Do you call it cut paper assembly? Is that yeah, what you, you yeah. Call it? My friend uh, came up with like I can't remember the French of it. She's French and she's very cool. French but she French. um, she came up with it's like it was the way she said it. She was like cut paper assemblage. <laughs> like <Yeah>. what? <laughs> how, how do you say that in English? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, ooh, can I? I would say that with a French accent. That's cool, but <laughs> That's really no, cool. I just seem pretentious if I say it with a French accent. But yeah, so cup. She came up with the cut paper assemblage thing. So <laughs> I love I it. I still do that. So if people like see what they or like what they see on mm-hmm. the Etsy site, can, can they commission you to do one like that? Sometimes. <laughs> I'm um, I'm not really great on the commissions. Meaning why? Um, because honestly, I just get too buried in my other other projects. Like kind of yeah. how I I tend to do stuff is like I'll get really into one thing and then like. Like this season's harvest, so I'm like, I'm harvest. Like that's mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. coming tomorrow, not today yet. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I should be there already, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm delinquent be, harvest be. person right now, uh, <laughs> but harvest is upon me, and I better get my shit together and get out of it. But but then like in the winter, I'll do I'll do more art, and yeah. you know, for me mostly it's like I have to set up like an art show. Yeah, like if I set uh-huh. up like a show at a gallery or even a coffee shop or wherever. It just kicks me in the ass to get stuff done because I can't like. Then I am motivated. I'm I'm kind of like the, like, in some ways I'm like a little bit of a people pleaser like that. Like I, I have to like I don't want to disappoint somebody. So if I set myself up to like force myself to do something, I have to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it makes it work for me. Like, uh-huh. but I know that about myself. So I if I don't do it, then I'm then I'm just perpetually a little bit lazy and I won't do it. I'll just like I'm I'm not somebody who like sits around and makes art without having a an end goal like I wish I had that instinct Mm -hmm. but I don't like in my in my future self-life I feel like I if I if I just pretend like I could have like if I did art for three hours every day and like (laughs) it's just like so impractical and it does not work at all because like what I I yeah when I do it I like feed on it and I just do it for like like a month straight and I'll just yes and I'll just go 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 and then I'll get like to a point where I have like like I have to start like stop starting new things because I have to finish the stuff I've already started yeah so like I'll be working like you know five or six different big pieces at a time and the deadline for the show is like you know a week away (laughs) like okay finish this shit because you gotta like wrap it up I really try not to do that now I try to like give myself enough time but I like the trick is to stop starting new things but sometimes a new one is like so more appealing and it's usually like the last piece I finished is the one that I love the most (laughs) because I've let those other ones go already yeah 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 (laughs) like oh I made that two days ago I'm out like (laughs) this new one is my favorite one (laughs) yeah right it's the creating in you you have to create something new exactly and I rarely get attached to them like I um every once in a while I get attached to one and I always like that's the worst part about showing them is that like I you know you kind of have to put it for sale at a gallery so if it sells you're like no somebody took my baby (laughs) goodbye you're like can we keep this an open adoption can I come see this baby occasionally (laughs) but then I just had one that was like um I kept one for um like it it didn't sell at the show it was a big piece of a vulture honestly it was like this giant vulture piece and it was really cool and oh very cool and uh it was like kind of long and skinny with like the wingspan explode exploded wingspan it was really pretty but I um I got kind of attached. It was the last one I made, and so I was attached, and and it didn't sell. So I was like, yes, I took it home, and I hung it up, and then 
one of my friends loves vultures and so I showed it to her and so we kind of bonded over she's like if you ever want to sell that let me know so like I'm like all right so like a year or two later I was like all right I think I'm ready to let it go I'm like do you want it and she's like yeah I totally want to buy it yeah (laughs) so she ended up buying it so now it's in her house but it's funny because I just like I needed it for like a little bit and then I was like I'm done you know yeah 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 it's good to let it go you know (laughs) I like it I think it's nice to um to rehome things to other people because yeah you know brings joy into their lives and yeah. I don't need that much of my own art. Like, right, right. <laughs> you know, I lived in Naples, Florida and when we would drive out in the estates is what it was called when I lived there. It's like the, the pieces of property that had five or more acres. Oh, yeah. And we would look, my kids and I would look for the vultures oh, there because cool. they, they look so beautiful. Yeah, we've got a bunch underside. of circle here. Yeah. yeah. They're, and they're, yeah, their wings are just yeah. incredible. And then you look at them up close and you're like, wow. Ooh. You're, I know. <laughs> like, scary as hell. But it's kind of like an elk, or not an elk. It's kind of like a moose. Like oh, moose are like yeah, so yeah. weird and funky looking. They are but really weird mammal-wise, but, yeah. them, but, but they're so cool and fascinating <laughs> how vultures are to me yes, as a bird, yes. as birds go. So tell me about the farm. The So you run, what do you... Do on do the farm. Um, not, I'm not talking. <laughs> art. Well, I want to hear everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm talking like what you grow, what you. Okay. Um, we, the lower field, so it's about 50 acres, and the lower 10 or so is in hay. So it's a hay crop, and that's where the um the rock quarry is, and it's like that's where we hold a music festival down there. So that's the quarries in that lower acreage. So that's maybe. Maybe an acre or so of it. Maybe not quite an acre. Maybe three quarters of an acre or something. And then the rest is like a hay field. So it's kind of got this weird cliff and sort of like some pollinator habitat that we put on top of the hill. So it's got like a kind of mixture of stuff. And then up here in the upper field, it's mostly fallow in the big field because um, we're just kind of – actually, we have a herd of elk that come through. Oh, cool. So we're, we just kind of are letting it go back to its, like, more natural way, and we're hoping that the elk kind of – they hang out. Like, they come through and, like, chill out. So it's, like, some of the stuff we have on here is, like, for them. So Very it's kind of cool. fun, yeah. Except for we also have mm-hmm. apple trees, <laughs> which uh-huh. is something you don't want the elk to eat. Uh, so, right. uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's all fenced in. So we have, like, a big fence around Isn't that. Isn't it an electric fence? Uh, no, it's just a really big fence. Uh-huh. And, and actually don't tell the elk but I think they could actually totally push it down because it's not like it's we meant to put the big fence over it like on this side uh-huh. most of it's like a permanent fence but yeah. then like half of it is is like or two thirds of it or a third of it or something is like a temporary fence and that's of course on this big side like where they would come in is <laughs> the temporary right. fence because we weren't sure like do we want to expand do we want to leave it don't know elk, this sh- elk. <laughs> Don't need to listen to this. <laughs> Eliminate this part. The elk are listening. Okay, so you do you do any animals? Oh, we, uh, we do have some ducks and some chickens and one singular goose. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm scared to death of geese. Actually, I kind of geese are mean as hell and they scare me a little bit but this goose is actually super nice you she's totally take she's, on the goose she's really sweet and she's she's actually more scared of me than i am of her oh, so okay. she like i'll walk near her and she'll be like uh-uh and she'll like walk the other way she'll like slowly walk away from me all like i'm like no i want to pet you and love you and she's like mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh-uh. No, not today not touching me ever <laughs> Come on. not today and probably not tomorrow uh, right. making no promises forever <laughs> well there are cute ducks ducks and chickens but we used to have sheep and We've had um, we've had cows, we've had sheep, we had goats, and we planted a bunch of apple trees. So like, and we, we can hear Baxter. Yes, yeah, so that's the dog Baxter. He's my my big farm animal. I don't know what he's growling at, but and uh, and now we have cats, <laughs> cats, <laughs> cats and dog and. 
a few birds, but oh, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's fun, but I, I would acres. like to. Get, I'd like to get some sheep back, but probably not, we gotta let the apple trees grow up a little bit. So once the apple trees are a little higher, because um, some of them are pretty young, so once they get bigger, then we'll we'll run sheep under them oh, nice. and have more of like a agroforestry kind of kind of thing. Because we have about ten acres on the other side of the field that are also apple trees, uh-huh. but they were like planted from seeds, so they're. Um, going to all be their own individual variety. Oh, Apples are cool. cool because they like are unique from seed. So you can take a seed, you just eat your apple at the grocery store and every single seed in there is going to be a different variety than the parent. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're all unique. So, so you buy a pink lady apple yeah, and yeah. it's going to, each of the seeds could be a different, different variety. One. Yeah, and depending on what else it was pollinated with, it'll have like some characteristics of that parent, but whatever else it was pollinated with, it will, it will be part of that. So you could have, it could be a more delicious pink lady or it could be a really crappy pink lady. I don't know. It could be anything, you know? So it's really kind of fun. Like, and for cider, cider doesn't really matter what you, you know, it, it matters to a point, but I'll take that back. It matters. But like flavors, like, you know, most of the seedlings that you plant aren't going to be like really great eating apples. Mm. But for cider, like if they taste crappy it doesn't really matter because it's like sometimes the really bitter ones are actually kind of make really interesting cider or or really tart ones are kind of interesting cider too i used to forage i still forage for a lot of stuff but and, the and might, explain like for the listeners okay. what foraging what is this foraging is. the east coast people who forage for apples are like literally like in the forest like because east coast you know the whole johnny Appleseed thing like there was actually <laughs> like apple trees like in the national forest like they're they're like protected forests and there's like apple trees throughout them oh, here cool. like our forests are not really like that where it's a different um different tree species and stuff we just don't really have a lot of fruit trees necessarily but like on like hedgerows of farms like you know because anytime a deer poops one out or whatever they'll like they'll be planting seeds wherever they go right so like the elk herd is eating my apple mash in my field they'll come over and plant seeds for me in the forest so like you know, there's there's apple trees all over the place, but most of them are like wild apple seedlings. So they just didn't get cut down because they were like on that forest edge. So like they'll be at like the edge of the farm field and the farmer just ignores it because it doesn't want to mess with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it adds habitat, you know. So there'll be a lot of cool varieties in those hedgerows. So I'll drive around and like look for cool trees. I'm a little bit of a stalker. So <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> I'll pull over and like try some. on the dun, side. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, pretty that, much. I do. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm a stalker for good. <laughs> just only for apple trees. And so, okay, so that leads us to the apples. Lead us to the cider. Yeah. yeah. And what we're like tonight? I'm sipping on this cider. <laughs> this all the cider. we had a flight of all these different ciders that are incredible. They're all. At, well, do you do the pears too? Uh-huh. Do you grow pears yep. as well. Yeah, we have some pears. Most of the it, they, what the joke with the pears is it's pears for your heirs because oh. they take so freaking long to grow up. So like, <laughs> you know, you plant them and maybe 20 years you can get some pears. But yeah, usually yeah. it's about 10. But yeah, we do have a couple of pears out there right now but like literally like a couple meaning like five yeah (laughs) or like eight maybe (laughs) we have a little pear tree at my house in utah in salt lake and i think i think i got like 20 maybe something like that right and it's not i don't think it's 10 years old you know so i don't know i don't know what kind it is yeah yeah and sometimes they're on rootstock and stuff they're um like we're on semi-dwarf rootstock so it grows a little bit slower Mm -hmm. so it takes a little bit longer but but the trees live longer so we we planted it more by like, you know, just for climate resilience, and mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of like water to be, to be watering, 
anything on like a you can grow like you can get them to come faster but they have to be on this tinier rootstock and they take a lot of additions so you have to like farm differently you have to add a lot to it because they're like really tightly tightly compacted into like orchard rows basically it's mm-hmm. kind of like almost like grapes it's on like it's mm-hmm. on trellising and oh it's very um very tight and but all that tight it's just like not super natural way to grow and mm-hmm. so we try to do things a little bit more like nature sort of like a permaculture i guess but yeah. like light permaculture but sort of like mimicking more how it would grow in the natural world so which is partly like the fun of the seedling orchard because oh, the seedling so stuff is like and they tap down so like when you plant an apple seed it just throws like a tapper down. So it just does this like boom into the ground and it just, and so it can grow. So those trees can grow like, you know, 50 feet tall where wow. like you don't want that kind of tree in your orchard because it's impossible to pick it's... when it's mature, <laughs> but they, they can live for a hundred plus years, you know? Wow. Whereas yeah. like if you were to grow in like a high density orchard, it would, it would, you know, you might, you might get 20 years maybe off of them. Uh-huh. So, and, and you have to water them all the time and blah, blah, blah. So, so it's kind of like the, like finding yeah. that mix in between, like yeah, the longevity exactly. and the ability to get to it's the like, apples. Yeah, so we, we still, and we'd buy some fruit from um, a couple different farms that are organic or biodynamic. And uh-huh. then some just unsprayed orchards that I pick that have been kind of neglected and I'll just pick them. Oh, cool. So yeah, I've got what a couple random What is biodynamic? Oh, it's like kind of witchcraft farming. It's <laughs> <laughs> my friend just posted Awkward. an Instagram post a while ago. Well, I was looking through her Instagram, and she said, "We are the daughters of the witches you forgot to burn." <laughs> I laughed. You're like so there. <laughs> it's like biodynamics. Like it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like I mean, there's a whole like almost like religious aspect of it, which isn't something that like we really aspire to but it's um but the farming aspect of it is kind of interesting it's basically um all about the the microbial like life of the soil so it's about oh. feeding feeding the soil more than it is about feeding the actual plant so oh, you take care of your soil and it takes care of the plant right so yeah is your soil is healthy and your soil is doing the right stuff it's gonna grow a better plant so but there's a lot kind of, of a other symbiotic stuff symbiotic like, yeah relationship exactly, between yeah. the plants well the whole soil. idea of it is that they they want like the farm to be like its own um ecosystem so like the farm so any additions that you in this is like in a perfect world most biodynamic farms like who are production agriculture do not do this but in a perfect world like the idea is that like your manure that you get from the farm would be from the animals that you raise on your farm and then it would uh-huh. go into the system that way and it would be all like all the nutrient cycling that happened would would happen within the farm instead of bringing manure from your local cow operation in and gotcha. letting it come in, which is what most people have to do because it's really hard to manage animals and have agriculture. It just takes a lot to do multiple things yeah. on, on any kind of scale. Yeah. So even on small scale, it's really hard. Yeah. Because, you know, usually Did time you ever for watch, things. Do you know the documentary that I think it was on Netflix, The Biggest Little Farm? I have not. Am I watched I part of it. Way? I fell asleep actually. <laughs> I, so, so I haven't actually completed. But my son oh, God, was like, Mom, "He's like, Mom, you have to go. You have to watch this. It's incredible." And I just saw the trailer for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just forgot about it till now. I now think, I want to go watch it. I think it. Um, I think it. It's. They had a lot of money. You know, it's it's different being a poor farmer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like you know, you go into it, and and same with permaculture. Honestly, like I I love some of the aspects of permaculture, but it's so damn idealistic. And 
when you're actually doing it, it's so much harder. Like, mm-hmm. I remember going to this, <laughs> this conference, this farming conference, which is an awesome farming conference in California called EcoFarm, and it's great. But there was this, like, biodynamic thread of it, like, that happens. And so we went to this, like, biodynamic mixer, you know, like, they do these mixers and shit. And so we went to this mixer afterwards, and I was chatting with this guy who was, like, like just, like, so tight about the biodynamic like he was just like obsessed about da, 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 you have to do it this way this way this way and I was like oh do you have a farm he's like no I don't have a farm yet you know and I was like oh well do you have a garden no I don't have a garden <laughs> Your turns, out, turns out the guy like lives in a freaking apartment like building like in an apartment and doesn't even have like a fucking potted plant right I was gonna say does he have a plant or box <laughs> no <laughs> That's and I was like are you serious right now like like I mean, sometimes it's really good to like. I think the theories are are yeah. great, but sometimes practicing them is so hard. Right. And it's awesome yeah. to understand the theories, but yes. it's not beneficial until you. And actually I think put sometimes them in movies like that, like, I mean, I think there was some dark parts of that movie too, which I think they did a better balance, a better job of balancing out. Like, it wasn't all great. It was somewhat, sometimes it was really hard, right? And but I think it's like you know the realistic thing is if you don't have any money and you're going to get into farming and think you're going to make it like mm-hmm. your chances are pretty low it's expensive to farm i mean our orchard looks like shit because we just <laughs> yeah <laughs> it does I like it it's like it's me. like the contractor who never takes care of their house like yeah. you know it's like we take care of other people's property but we're like <laughs> eh, our tractor's been broken all summer so it's like whatever we'll just let nature happen you know yeah, and yeah. like <laughs> like oh god you know yeah. but so it's like it's always like it'd be nice to have like an influx of like a hundred thousand dollars or something just so we could buy I mean, some decent equipment right i would like but, an influx of right wouldn't you i could do a I lot mean, i could spend easy. it so fast like <laughs> easy <laughs> i mean dan could probably fin- spend it faster because he'd be like one tractor and some implements done like what done, but, no we're gonna buy a used tractor <laughs> <laughs> we need to make that money go further <laughs> right, right right dan's a grape grower but like to put, he's got a degree in viticulture and stuff, but he's like, you know, it's so expensive to grow grapes. So, we're that's what got us into apples originally. It was uh-huh. like, well, what do we want to, what do we want to like grow? Okay, I just need to make sure that I have a wedding. Uh, there's wedding down in the property right now. <laughs> make sure okay, it wasn't like does, a, a high maintenance need. It was fine. She does weddings too. Yes, there is actually a that. wedding happening right now. I just want to make sure like that that text was not somebody saying, "Oh my." God, something happening right now. We gotta get down here. Ah, you know. So she no, it's fine. It's we'll fine. know where it's she fine. goes. Yeah. That or the bathroom. One of the two. No, just Whichever happens first. Whichever happens first. <laughs> so do you grow grapes then too? We have a Could tiny you? bit of grapes. Yeah. We buy and most then. of our fruit for grapes. Because grapes oh. are really expensive to farm. But but we just did it all like as cheap as humanly possible, basically. <laughs> okay. So you do the farming and then you you so the wine that you yes. make. How much how much wine and how much cider do you make every year? You know, it kind of varies year to year, but it's usually about like 1,500 cases a year. I don't know, like gallon yeah. volume. Dan does the reporting, so I don't ever have to look at it, which is great because I'm horrible at that. You're stuff. an artist. Yeah, I'm not like, <laughs> I am not the bookkeeper. Analysis. I'm not the data person at all. Like Analyst my paper. pile of papers is big and broad and uh, <laughs> not for the week. Yeah, right. But, uh, but so that's Dan's job. But it's about 1,500 cases. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little bit less, sometimes it's a little bit more. But yeah. normally it's, this will probably be a big year. Last year with the pandemic, we kind of like, 
slowed our roll just a titch because you know we weren't sure what's going to happen and like yeah. how how you know the industry was going to recover. I mean, alcohol sales were fine, but of it, course, yeah, <laughs> keep everybody safe. But you know, like a lot of our distributors, we distribute in um, various states and. And some of them flexed better than others because some of them were really restaurant-driven distribution. Uh-huh. And so, you know, of course, a lot of restaurants were shut down. So it wasn't um, – so they just – they had to, like, shift their side. And so it took a little bit for that to catch up and be able to, like, be able to get our products in different ways. So mm-hmm. – but it's pretty much come back around now. I think it, it, it was a lull and then it came back pretty fierce. And so it will be interesting to see what happens this winter. Yeah, right. But, I know with the, the new outbreak and just yeah, and exactly. everything. It's hard to but know. But also, I think with this new outbreak, realizing what people can and can't handle and what yeah, people yeah. want and don't want and what we can produce and, you know. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see how um, adaptability has been like kind of a key for people, you know. I yeah. feel like I've been self-employed for yes. so long that like I'm just kind of like a pandemic. Okay, let's just get to work, you know. Roll with it. <laughs> let's just roll what with What are we going to do for we can we can shift. Let's do this, you know. Do you know Marie Forleo? Uh-uh. Oh, I love Marie Forleo. If you like to listen to podcasts and business and oh, like fun, growing yeah. your business, uh-huh. she's just phenomenal. But she talks about being multi multi-passionate. Uh-huh. And you're definitely Totally. I've I've never been able to stop. Like and actually I I dropped out of college because I just couldn't pick a fucking major because <laughs> I loved writing. I loved, I loved creative writing and I was doing a lot of writing and, and I loved art and then, but I just like did not like my art classes that much were like, were very much like, you know, they want to teach you Certain different kinds. things and, yeah. and like they were pretty rigid actually. I mean, it wasn't like an art school. It was just University of Montana and, and some of them were great and some of them were super inspiring teachers and there are a couple of them were definitely not and, they did not want you to think outside the box at all, and which and is I, so, which is so weird, right? I know it was super art, counterintuitive. Right? So it was kind of like, well, I just want to do what I want to do, and so I just decided to like stop and do what Keep I want to do. Box. Yeah, yeah, fuck no you, way. yeah, grab a little shit. <laughs> so we probably would have been smart to finish the degree, but I did not. Uh, <laughs> so I dropped out and became an artist, and just did that for a while. It's so, very fitting, yeah. An artist, and it's very fitting to get into the new thing. Right? Yes, yes, <laughs> right? yes. So, but yeah, I've definitely had a hard time. Like, uh, but you know, I think it, it also like breeds resilience. Like, yeah. like that's why, like during the pandemic, I was like, oh yeah, just whatever. We'll just shift and do this other thing. Or it's going to be that. fine. You know, I'm Game always on. one of those people. Like, I've always kind of lived a little on the edge, <laughs> but I was sort of like raised that way a little bit. Like, my mom was um, was pretty poor growing up, and then so I kind of like like learned like the edge of the edge of lifestyle you know like yeah. ooh, like scrapping for a little bit of money under the couch cushions or whatever you know and <laughs> like so I was like you know so but you know it's funny because like I always feel like it also like in this not to sound too wee wee or woo woo or whatever but like like the universe feels like it kind of takes care of me like I follow my passion and then like I never, it always seems to work out. Like, yeah. like I might fly close to the sun, but I like, it doesn't ever really burn me, you know? It's like a little bit, like I'll just, yeah. I think as we take risks and, and when you really feel like a, a, like a real like 
pull towards something, I think it's good to follow that and not be too scared of it. Because I think if you never follow it, you don't know what happens. And what's, I mean, to me, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, literally, my husband did not want to buy this piece of property. And he's like, no way. That house is scary. And it really was super, super duper scary. Like one of the, like, <laughs> I felt really one of the top, <laughs> one of the top two houses, worst houses I've ever seen. Oh, it was wow. really bad. <laughs> I have a picture. It have was really, the guy like was a hermit. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was like, oh. and he died there probably mm. like doing something gross. But, but anyway. <laughs> but I dig. But I dig. Back to the, we bought it. <laughs> but we bought it. But it was because I was like, I think he literally thought I was going to divorce him if we didn't. And uh, because I was so like obsessed. <laughs> I'm also a little bit obsessive, and I was driving by it a lot and like stalking it. Um, but so is it, uh, it isn't just the apple tree. It's not just apple. Sometimes it's houses. It's <laughs> no, true. It's true. But I was like, no. I mean, we should just. I'm like, let's just try and like take the risk, you know, and and see. So I wrote the property owner a letter, and because um, the guy had died, and his family lived like in Virginia, and and so it was adjacent to my other piece of property. And I've always like really loved this piece of property; it's really beautiful, oh, and it's, um, beautiful. it's really pretty. It's got a nice mm-hmm. view, and 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 Dan's like, oh, what the house? There's no way we can do this. But I like used to be a house painter, and I've remodeled houses before and I was like oh we can do this yeah <laughs> it was like so in over my head <laughs> it was horrible it took me like I'm like oh yeah but six months like literally it's not done it's like we bought it in 2012 it is now what 2021 <laughs> my second bathroom is unfinished some of the paintings not done whatever you know what we have a bathroom we got one we got one bathroom <laughs> it's got a toilet in the second one it's not a shower who cares who cares <laughs> toilet's an important part <laughs> <laughs> I literally got it to the point where I could refinance it with a bank because the owners carry, carried a contract because it was like literally unfinanceable because it was so gross. It was so bad. It was so bad. Like there was no way. I just showed a house recently so and I, you know, there's some that you're tiptoeing through and hardly breathing because you're scared to take a deep breath uh-huh. and what you don't that, want to. Yeah, don't what want commitment to. you're making and taking that deep breath. <laughs> you know? Scary. Yeah. I mean, so bad. I talked to a friend the inspector and I was like, Oh my! And he goes, oh, I'm telling you, I've seen it all. I have seen it all. It's just amazing, like what you can encounter. Yeah, it was really great that the solar eclipse happened when it did because it, like, it. We had a big solar eclipse party here because the solar eclipse, like, was right over the farm. Wow! So it was really cool. So we opened it up and um, let people camp and stuff. So did you have a festival like music yeah. too? Yeah, we oh, did. Like we did like cool. a little mini one, um, and it was it was really fun, but. But we made enough money on that and that to pay for like the concrete and cider because we were just building out the cider. And like, I don't know, we, we actually refinanced when we refinanced the house with a lender, we actually pulled a little bit of money out for the cider. Mm-hmm. But we didn't, we couldn't like qualify for it too much because we just didn't make that much. Yeah. Like, at least not on paper with Dan's like job, job because you know, mm-hmm. self employed people don't count when it comes to these things. So, like, <laughs> it doesn't off, matter. Right? Like, <laughs> you got too much weird shit in your past. Like, there's nothing, <laughs> everything's gonna help, but nothing's gonna help. So, but. So sometimes things just work out. I feel like I, I feel like I've been really lucky, honestly. But I really like that, like what you said about how the universe just it, yeah. it works out. Things really do. Like yeah, try, fail, get back up, yep. try yep. again. Yep. Yep. But that yeah, it's fun. not not because I haven't like you know I'm not always lucky, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but I just keep pushing, like you know, yeah. like because sometimes if you just push through that little mini failure, like there'll be something great on the other side, you know. The Wildwood Music Festival 
which you can go to wildwoodmusicfestival.com, right? Yeah, Music Fest, yeah. Wildwoodmusicfest.com, yeah. Is it just musicfest.com? Yeah. Yeah. I just carried on when I wrote it down. Hey, what a festival. I mean, I was looking at it'll the come site. up. It'll come up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I mean, for what I've heard with from friends that have been here, you know, Linda and Jerry yeah, and, yeah. and Laura, like I've That's heard it's pretty incredible. <sighs> yeah, it's great. Well, I, I do that with my friend Katie, who's um lives here in Wilmina too. So we we do it together. So we put it on together. So she does most the music booking for that one uh-huh. um so this is my first like going into music booking for the summer so it's been kind of kind of a learning curve but it's been fun so yeah um but yeah the food music fest is great it's about 1500 people or so and we haven't done it because of covid and this year we maybe could have done it but it was just like too hard to plan by the time by the time things were opening up, it was By just the time like, you felt like you could. Yeah, it was too hard to get like, I mean, we started booking bands like in January for like a July show. So, it, you know, everything was still pretty shut down in January. So it was like hard to know like what was going to be happening and who was going to be coming through and all that stuff. So yeah. we just let it go. And our, we have like the permitting and stuff that we do for that show takes a few months to like pull off. So... Because you can't just do it. You have to permit everything. And yeah. What is involved in the permitting? Uh, we have to do the Yamhill, um, Yamhill County um, permit schedule, which is like a mass gathering permit. So you have to pull. That's the big one that comes through the county. But then we also have to have our liquor permit. And then we have to also go through like ODOT because we're on a highway. So we have to get the ODOT permit. <laughs> For have, the like, traffic? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Since we're on a highway, they have to sign off on it. And a, and a railroad, so those both have to get notified. And the railroad, why the railroad? Is, oh, uh, we have right a railroad. Here. Yeah, a railroad they have to right cross the tracks. So, uh. so we have to notify the railroad, and then that's part of the ODOT permit, really. And yeah, so it's kind of like, and they have to go in certain sequence. Like one has to go before the other, and then you have to have your insurance in place before you can get A, B, C, D. So it's like. This is kind of a pain, yeah. you know. So it takes a little bit, and like sometimes the commissioners only meet every month, so you have to like get on their agenda and da da da. So, and then you have to notify the neighbors, and that takes six weeks. So you have to make sure you have all this time ahead of time to. Gotcha. So we usually start doing that like in March. So oh, okay. we start and doing when the is permits the festival rolling. Usually, usually the third weekend in July. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh. a little later. <laughs> Oh, I, I actually tried to come last year. Oh, well. Or the year before COVID. Oh, yeah, year yeah. before COVID. And then, I can't remember, I, I had something come up, but I had friends that came and I wanted to come. and So I'll, like, I'll be here. Nah, nah. Eventually I'll be dun, here. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. You can do it. I believe you. <laughs> when I do come, I'm going to hunt you down. And I'm gonna I'll be, be here. Dun, dun, dun. I'll be here. <laughs> I'll Not probably me. be crazy and busy. <laughs> Put you to work. <laughs> give, give me a job. I, I'm, I'm used to work. I can handle it. Right. <laughs> okay, so woofers. Oh, yeah. How do you spell woofer? W-O-W-W-O-O-F-E-R-S. F-E-R-S. Worldwide the... Opportunities on Organic Farms. So, Yeah, tell me about that. Um, it's it's a cool program. We haven't really done it since the pandemic, mm-hmm. mostly because our, our, our kid's young and isn't vaccinated. And we just haven't, haven't gotten back. We thought about getting back on it, but um, we don't really have like a... Some some wolf hosts have like a separate housing situation, but we don't really. And we have like a little cabin that they could sleep in, but we we eat together and stuff. And they kind of become it's sort of like a quote unquote cultural exchange. So it's like a work exchange program. So people come and stay, and sometimes they can stay for. I mean, our shortest one came down from Portland for like a day. <laughs> Because she just wanted to come and help. And she was like uh-huh. a friend of a different woofer. So she came down to help for like a day. And then the longest one 
was, so these are like farm hands that are coming yeah out. yeah so she just like volunteered some time to help and then the f- longest one I think was um, I mean really I think Jenny's probably our longest one and they've been in and out for four years so oh, wow. yeah look comes and goes you know like and so what's the benefit for them what's the benef- um, benefit for you well they get like room and board taken care of so they get a place to sleep and food and then they help like usually four to six hours like four to five days a week so depends oh, cool. on what they're doing or whatever uh-huh. so yeah so i you know but mostly it's like i mean like we had these guys from france a few years ago and they were awesome and they were here for three months and um and they just it was amazing just to like have like three guys from France just come and hang out for a couple months, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was just friends. cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I still connect with those guys on Facebook. We have a big thread that we we chit chat on sometimes, you know, see how COVID's going with them and checking them out and saying hi and all that stuff. You know, it's just fun yeah. to like see their lives expand and <laughs> keep going, you know. And they're like all engineers, so sometimes like sometimes it's people who are not interested in farming at all, like. They're just looking for something to do. Like we had yeah, these, we experience, had these, yeah, cultural experience. Yeah, like yeah, it's super fun. Like we had this, these two gals that came and they had grown up together, but then like they they were living in different cities and they were both coming for spring break. They were in college and they were coming for spring break, and their spring breaks happened to be at the same time. So they flew in. And did their spring break with us. How cool. <laughs> Who the hell does that? <laughs> yeah. Come and work on a farm for spring break. That's so weird. And they were like from like, I don't know, Maryland Disney, or somewhere, you know. Disney World and all those Yeah, yeah. It's like so weird. On a farm. I know, I yeah. Farm. But they were funny and they were hilarious and they had a blast, you know. <laughs> so it was just like something to do, you know. And so did like, they sign up on that, that worldwide site? Yeah, yeah. So we're a host farm and then there's, they can sign up as uh, woofers and you just reach, you can look at farms different across the country and, and and people have profiles and stuff, and then there's like a rating system. So, like it's an a Airbnb little, for yeah, pretty much, almost. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's like a, you know, you you feel a little safer sometimes. I think when you can tell like a farm's got a bunch of different ratings and mm-hmm. and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. like you can tell like usually most people have have ratings, but sometimes they don't. You know, like they're yeah. new or whatever. It's right. kind of hard to get started. So, yeah, but it's fun. I kind of miss it, actually, because it's kind of one of those things that, like, sort of keeps you young and, like, um, you know, like, you know, you start getting, as you get older, you just stop, like, you just get your own, like, biases and you get your own things in your own life and and you kind of stop, like, paying attention to, like, what's happening in youth, you know? Yeah. It's been Uh really interesting, like, just learning about different things that, like, children are doing, you know, like, and and young adults, like, it's, you know, like the whole... um, I mean, you know, it's opened my eyes a lot for like, you know, like um, trans people and stuff like that. Like it just, like I, I it had never touched my life before, and and it now I have like one of our woofers is trans, you know, and and so it's it's interesting, you know, it's like you it's stuff that you would never like normally have like as part of your daily life, and and then. You just have like this experience with people and it opens your mind a little bit differently. It's like, oh, that's that's how they're doing their life, you know. And and I, I didn't grow up with that having much of a, you know, wasn't much of, I yeah. didn't have those experiences at all, you didn't know. Didn't have a statement in your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, your family most and- like a little bit of people were like maybe maybe bisexual in like college or whatever. But, but that was pretty much it, you know. And now there's all these different like different 
different gender identities and sexuality identities. So it's kind of an interesting time to learn about it, I think. And, and you know, I think it's it's kind of cool to learn, like, what I don't really understand all of it, but I don't need to, you know? Like, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah, you don't just, need to know. It doesn't affect my life. Like, I don't... It's their life, not mine, you know. And but it's interesting, to, like see their experiences and how it's how it's kind of shifted their reality. Yeah, to connect, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So yeah, for me, I've I, like in so many of those aspects, it's been fascinating to learn the way that people see and experience yeah, the world. Yeah, and it's like so open in so many yeah. ways, right? And acknowledging, you know, my experience isn't their experience. Yeah. So what is your experience? Like just trying to understand the, just from the, the perspective of, I, I don't get it cause it isn't my experience, but I get that. I don't get it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. share more, tell me more yeah, about yeah. your experience. Yeah. It's pretty interesting to see. So I think like those are kind of the, the fun parts about the, the experience with Wolf cause they just are outside of your normal comfort zone. And I think for them too, because like, you know, they might've grown up, in a very religious family or something and, mm-hmm. and not, not had like an experience with somebody like me, you know, or, or even just how their family was just, a, you know, you grew up in a certain way and you don't realize how many different ways there are to live out there. Like the, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so many different ways to live. <laughs> so and, many. and I think it's actually pretty cool to like go out and just experience how many different, to see the different lives that people choose. And, and even if they're all farms, they're still like, you know, so much diversity just in that alone. Like right. yeah. some people are doing goats or chickens or yeah. nothing or yeah. whatever, you know. Well, okay. Do you have in closing, I guess, I, I like to ask, do you have a quote that you love? Oh well. You should ask me this ahead of time. I, my my quote would be shut up and make art. <laughs> just stop getting in your head so much, you know, and just do it. Like instead Great. of like thinking about doing it forever, just shut up and do it. Like even if it just means like sitting with a sketchbook and or a piece of paper or whatever, doodle. you know, doodle, do something like, you know, you can overthink about how you're going to do something in 10 years and you have this big plan and you're going to do, 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 do. But like, you're not actually doing it. Like if you just do it and you got to start, you got to start doing it. Oh, and final, and in, like if there was a message in the stars that you oh. could write, which you kind of, you kind of said, but. It wouldn't be kiss off. <laughs> Shut up and do art. Shut up and make art. Shut up and make art. Yeah. But that anything else it. that you'd like oh, no. to say? I don't think maybe be gentle on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think people like sometimes are too hard on themselves and and also like keep pushing forward. Like the vision might not come together like now, but it might come together in three years. But like if you take like a baby step now, like, I mean, to build this cidery thing up here, like I first had to build the road, you know, like I had to widen the road and I had to spend the money and pay for the stupid road, which is like the worst thing to pay for. Like who wants to pay money on like road. a fucking road? Like, you, yeah. like I don't want to dump like <laughs> thousands of dollars on some road, but like literally I couldn't move the building up here without the stupid road. So I had to like do the road. <laughs> I was like, ah! I don't want to do the road. Like I would have done that last, but like, you know, but sometimes you got to kick down a little money and like believe that like the rest of it will follow. If you just spend like a little bit here and then do a little bit of like finagling here and kind of push forward a little bit at a time. I've, I've, I used to be worse about this where I would have like a big thing that I wanted to do, like a big, big dream, you know? And, and then I'd just be like greatly disappointed when it didn't happen. But like, 
But then in like hindsight, you're like, oh, but like some of it happened, you know, and like some of it led to this other. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, exactly. Healthy. Like yeah. you know, like I mean, I remember my dad like at one point he was like, "What do you want for Christmas or whatever?" And I was like, "Oh, I want a power tool. <laughs> like I want a skill saw." And he's like, "What?" You're nine. Sorry, <laughs> oh, no, I was like, I was like eighteen, but but he's like, "Wow, you want a skill saw?" I'm like, "Yeah," because a tool like can get me to like so many other things you know it's like if I have a tool I can use it to build something else you know and I was just like super excited about it and he's like wow I guess that's cool I had no idea I was influencing you you know that's <laughs> like so cool. yeah so he started buying me power tools at every like every holiday you know he's like oh, I got you this tool I got you this this miter box or whatever <laughs> like awesome you know that's so really it's like neat. some of those tools I still have you know I'm, so it's kind of fun that's so so but cool I think like sometimes it's the baby step that leads you into a different direction because honestly like 10 years ago I would you'd ask me if I would be doing this I'd be like what no crazy person <laughs> farm tasting room Fuck no you know <laughs> why would I do that yeah. <laughs> but yet here I am so and who knows what's gonna happen in 10 more years I don't know right you and know. just roll with it. Yep, like yep. Trusting that the yeah, universe it might, will it might be part of this. It might be part of something else. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to come here and try your yeah. cider and your do wine. It, do, it, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. But or only in the summer. Only in the <laughs> Only summer. on the weekends. Because <laughs> otherwise you're going to be looking at it Or out. maybe call me. <laughs> maybe I can squeeze you. <laughs> so how do, how do they reach you? Uh, they can find me on the website. The, probably the art and science website. It's probably the best one. Um artandsciencenw.com and it's just kim at artandsciencenw.com for my email. Okay. So that's probably the best way. And is there a phone number? Oh yeah. 503-560-0673 and text me because I never ever answer my phone. So Okay. Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> you want to actually call me? Send me a text and say I want to call you. <laughs> I'll say okay. I'm calling in 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. <laughs> shit, shit. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. As long as you don't want to FaceTime me, we're good. <laughs> FaceTime like, ah, me, like, ah. I have to put my lipstick on. This isn't really going to work for me in 30 seconds. <laughs> I need 32. I need 33. 33. <laughs> and then Wildwood, Wildwood Music Fest. Dot com. Yep. Check that out. Yep. We yep. could all meet. We could all converge here. Yeah, that'd be fun. Very cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. It's been fun. I loved it. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Would you hit the subscribe button and follow along? And then would you please pause and leave a five-star review? I'd be extra grateful. It helps me tremendously. You can follow me on Instagram at The Ruthie Podcast. I'll keep you posted there. And remember to check out The Ruthie Podcast playlist on Spotify. Now, go make today great. Explore experience. Then take it all on the inside and ask, now what?